Well, hey everybody, I'm Adam Shell, the pastor at Melbourne Heights, and welcome to our sermon podcast. In this episode of our podcast, we are finishing up our series called To My Friend Who Left the Faith. And in this episode, we're going to be thinking about the way that people outside of the church often view us as followers of Jesus. And whether we want to admit it or not, whether we even realize it or not, a lot of people outside of the church view us as followers of Jesus as being hypocrites or liars or deceivers. Now, yeah, I know that those are typically terms that we inside of the church like to apply to groups like the Pharisees in the Bible. But the truth is that that's how people outside of the church often look at us as Christians. So how do we reach people outside of the walls of our church if all they think is that we're full of hot air? Well, that's what we're going to be talking about in this week's sermon. So once again, this week's episode is going to be preached. This sermon is preached by our own Joe Noland. And let's get right into this episode. Six-page document 
of all the wrongs that I've done over the last four or five years that nobody bothered to tell me about. And then I was told I had six weeks to fix them. To the people I trusted the most in that church were the very same people sitting at that table at, at that meeting that night with that man. So three days later, I turned in my resignation. And honestly, I almost walked away from the church and the youth ministry altogether because of how I was treated at that church. But I didn't, obviously. I got here. And I didn't because I, I, I was starting my master's program at Council University at the time. Uh, and I was reminded that we are not meant to be Jesus. We are not meant to be Jesus. And what I mean by that is that none of us will ever be perfect. We follow Jesus to be more like him, but we can never actually be him. And to think that you can makes you the biggest hypocrite of all. And just the wise ones. See, Jesus was the perfect being in this world. Someone that has never come before him and someone that will never be born again. And it was in the letter to Paul wrote to uh, the Corinthian church that really helped remind me of this. So if you have your Bible and you want to follow along in the scripture today, we'll be in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Now, in the second letter to the Corinthians, Paul is doing a few things here. First and foremost, he's dealing with a group that are calling themselves super apostles. Uh, they're also assuring the Corinthians that all is well between them and Paul from a little argument they had before. And that uh, Paul has to make different travel plans again because of something else that has happened along his journeys. But in the section of Paul's uh, second letter to the church in Corinth, we find Paul giving the church encouragement and reminding them that they are not the perfect beings that they think they are. And really, he is just trying to assure them that they don't need any special tricks or gimmicks to share the gospel. So here's what Paul says in chapter 4. Therefore, since through God's mercy we have this ministry, we do not lose heart. Rather, we have renounced secret and shameful ways. We do not use deception, nor do we distort the word of God. On the contrary, by setting forth the truth plainly, we commend ourselves to everyone's conscience in the sight of God. And even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers, so they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. For what we preach is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord, and ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. For God, who said, let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed on the face of Christ. We have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. We are hard-pressed on every side but not crushed, perplexed but not despair, persecuted but not abandoned, struck down but not destroyed. We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. For we who are alive are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake, so that his life may also be revealed in our mortal body. So then death is at work in us, but life is at work in you. It is written, I believe, therefore I have spoken. And since we have the same spirit of faith, we also believe, and therefore speak. Because we know that the one who raised the Lord Jesus from the dead will 
also raise us with Jesus and present us with you to himself. All this is for your benefit, so that the grace that is reaching more and more people may cause thanksgiving to overflow to the glory of God. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. <clears throat> this chapter helped me look forward when the church felt like a sham. I felt that the people in the church that I loved were nothing but hypocrites that were trying to be on your good side just so they could tear you down later on. But I also had to understand that we all make mistakes in how we handle things sometimes. And we all falter at once. Because none of us can be perfect. That is a problem that has been taught in a lot of churches over the years and why so many outside of these walls feel like people in the church are hypocrites. Let's face it, there are more bad Christians showing up on the news than there are good ones. But what is a Christian in the first place? What sets us apart from the rest of the world? Well, it starts with understanding that believing in Jesus is both instantaneous and deliberate on our part. We have to make that step towards faith. See, Paul writes in Romans that if you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. It means that salvation happens the second that you decide that you believe in him. There's no good works leading up to it. There is no instruction manual for getting there. It just happens. Kind of like the thief that died on the cross next to Jesus. He simply asked Jesus to remember him that is all that it took. That thief believed, and uh, it's all it took for Jesus to go, yeah, you're in, you're with me. But that isn't what people really believe. See, last week we talked about the prodigal son and how the returning son wasn't the only prodigal in the story. Uh, and this week we're going to talk about the older brother who stayed a little bit more again, but this time in a slightly different light. And it starts by reading another story that we find in the book of Matthew. If you want to follow along, I'm going to be in Matthew 18. And it's talking about a man who has a debt. So, uh, starting in verse 21, here's how that story goes. When Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times? Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but seventy-seven times. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. As he began the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 bags of gold was brought to him. Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he had be sold to repay the debt. At this, the servant fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me, he begged, and I will pay back everything. The servant's master took pity on him, canceled the debt, and let him go. But when that servant found out, or went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred silver coins. He grabbed him and began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. His fellow servant fell to his knees and begged him, Be patient with me, and I will pay it back. But he refused. 
instead went off and had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. When the other servants uh, saw what had happened, they were outraged and went and told their master everything that happened. The master called the servant in. You wicked servant, he said. I canceled all the debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? In anger, his master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all that he owed. This is how my heavenly Father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or sister from your heart. Now, when we normally read uh, the story, we look at it in terms of learning how to forgive each other. But when we're talking about the hypocrisy that we see in the church, we can look at the story in a slightly different way and also tie it in with the older brother as well. In Wade Bearden's book, uh, To My Friend Who Left the Faith, he offers up a slightly different perspective uh, that kind of fits into the story as well. And here's what he says in that book. He says, I remember years ago talking to my future father-in-law about the parable. He was skeptical of how most people discuss the story and offered me his theory. The main character went after the individual who owed him next to nothing because he didn't really believe the king had forgiven him. He likely thought that his day of reckoning would still come, only later. The man believed the king would one day call on him to repay his generosity. And he needed to be ready. Collect debts, invest, start saving. You're going to have to pay the king back. And you better have something to show for it when the pipers shuts down Main Street. It's kind of interesting to look at it that way. To see that there are those of us who think that uh, they have been given a reprieve from their wrongdoings. They try to make up for for collecting on deeds that they owe to God for His forgiveness. And it put my thinking about people can act in certain ways towards others in a different perspective as well. Those people are doubting whether they are saved in the first place. For the people who are like them, they become the brother who stayed, the prodigal son. They. who does all the work for the family land and does everything he can to honor his father, thinking that it will be enough, but is furious when that wandering brother returns with nothing and still gains everything. But here's the thing. Everyone who believes in Christ is saved, but we are also still broken. Everyone who believes in Christ is saved, but we are also all still broken. Small fact is what keeps me going in ministry. It's what we need everyone inside and outside of the church to really understand. What many see as hypocrisy is mostly just broken people making mistakes. Can we be hypocrites in our faith? Absolutely. We are guaranteed to get things wrong from time to time. I mean, I once stood up in front of 70 youth and told them that Jesus was on the cross for three days. For reference, he was not on the cross for three days. That was how long he was dead before he came back. And that's probably one of the lighter mistakes that I've made in my ministry with, with youth and with others. But we must use the grace that God gives us to make it right. Whether that means helping someone correct the behavior that is going wrong or realizing that we're the ones that have that behavior that needs to be corrected. 
And we have to be willing to forgive others who need that grace as well. See, our faith journey is not a straight line from point A to point B. It is filled with twists and turns and dead ends and turnarounds. And we all get there in different ways. But we all get there. The church is always going to be filled with imperfect people. It's what the church was created for. But together we can help each other find our way through our faith in Jesus. We may be broken people still saved by Jesus because we believe. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the sacrifice of your son and the simplicity of your salvation. Remind us that it doesn't take huge amounts of work to be saved, but simply that we believe in you. Remind us that we aren't as perfect as we think we are and that we are still broken, but assure us Well, hey, it's Adam again, and I just want to thank you for tuning in to this episode of our sermon podcast. And I hope that this episode has reminded you that as a follower of Jesus, you're not supposed to be perfect. All of us are broken, but we need to remember that that applies not just to people inside of the church, it applies to people outside of the church as well. You see, often we as followers of Jesus, we expect other people to live up to our standards instead of realizing that Jesus accepted every single one of us just as we are. Jesus accepted us even though we're not perfect, even though we're broken, even though we can be a mess. And we need to treat other people, both inside and outside of the church, the exact same way. Like I said at the beginning of this episode, this does finish up the series called To My Friend Who Left the Faith. So next week we are jumping into a brand new series that we're calling The Promised Land. And in this series, we're going to be exploring the story of how the people of Israel entered into the Promised Land so that we at Melbourne Heights can figure out and learn how we can continue to be who God calls us to be, to be a blessing to all the people in our community, in our world, as we enter into the next chapter in our story at Melbourne Heights. So I hope that you'll come and join us when that next episode drops next Tuesday morning. As always, if you subscribe to our podcast, that episode will be sent straight to your favorite podcasting app. But you don't have to wait till Tuesday to join us. I would love to have you come and worship with us on Sunday mornings. If you're in the Louisville area, you can worship with us in person. If you're not, you can join us online at mhbclouisville.com slash live. Well, until next time, I hope that you have a great week. I will be praying for you, and we'll see you back here soon for another sermon podcast.